Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Hello, welcome to Badass Women's Hour with me, Harriet Minter. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that usually we record a radio show on a Saturday night and we take the best bits and bring them to you on the podcast on Monday. But, things being what they are, the radio show is currently being broadcast, well, pretty much entirely about coronavirus. And I think we've all had enough of that for now. So for this week and next, and possibly going forward, we're going to be bringing you some of the highlights of the show over the last four years. This week, we've got comedian Sophie Hagen and relationship coach, all-round guru, Natalie Liu. First up, Sophie. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton and Amanda Prowse. And joining us in the studio now, comedian and author Sophie Hagen talking about her new book, Happy Fat. Hello, Sophie. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we were saying earlier in the show how much we love the cover of your book. Thank you. Because it's essentially you with your stomach exposed and a happy face drawn on your stomach. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know you and know your background, tell us a little bit about you and how you came to write the book. Um, so I've been fat my entire, the book's called Happy Fat, and I'm, I've been fat my entire life. And in the past eight years, I've kind of tried to escape this, oh, I'm going to use like big annoying words, like prison <laughs> of, you know, self-hatred. You know what I mean? Like I've been on the journey <laughs> towards self-love, you know, all this stuff. And um, I've gone from, you know, hating my body and thinking that I was the problem and then to realizing that it's a structural system that's you know anti-fat people and there's nothing wrong with me and my body is amazing and you know at the same time I've been doing comedy I've been a comedian now for nine years and I just wanted to put it all in a book you know because I started talking out so much about uh you know fat activism and fat liberation and I would get so many people asking me but how how do you do it and so many people still don't really understand what it what it's about so fortunately I got to put everything I know in a in a book and for people who are listening who don't understand what it's about when we're talking about fat activism what do we mean I think it's easiest to put it into perspective if you compare it to body positivity because a lot of people will know what body positivity is and this idea that you should love your body and you could love your body well fat activism is sort of a bit more of the radical stance on that which is Instead of it being up to us to learn how to love our bodies, we should start focusing on 
the structure that teaches us not to because there are children down to the age of three who feel like they're too fat and they want to start dieting and that is terrifying. Mm. So instead of it being up to us to teach each other how to unlearn this, we need to focus on the fact that this is structural oppression, which is also two very boring words, (laughs) isn't it? But it is essentially a bunch of execs and CEOs and the whole system that revolves around teaching particularly women to hate their bodies so we spend so much energy and money on trying to become thin and we spend our whole lives and all of our energy and just being hungry all the time and thinking that we have to be thin to be worthy and fat liberation is about making sure they stop telling us that we're unworthy so we can live our lives I, found- I want to clap I need to clap I do do that actually I really like that that's what I live for thank you <laughs> Uh, like you I've been fat my whole life and I would say I only realized maybe two and a half three years ago that some of the things that I held as very true beliefs were perhaps not entirely correct it's amazing isn't it that moment when you're like wait a minute it's not a fact you know fat equals bad it's not a fact it's an opinion you're like whoa (laughs) wait a minute so I was like oh my god all those times I've been to my doctor and been like no no but there must be something wrong with me and they're like no you're very healthy because I had taught I completely associated thin with healthy and fat with unhealthy and to a degree where even when my body was completely fine and normal, I was convinced there must be something. And I didn't realise that's something that we just do as a society. How did you start to see that? What was the stuff that showed up for you that you were like, oh, hang on, that's a weird belief. Where has that come from? It was a, it was very much a, a singular moment that turned it all upside down for me. I met this radical queer body activist in uh, at uh, the Copenhagen University where I thought I was going to study Russian for three years that did not happen because uh, I was sat next to Andrea and Andrea was she had a mullet she had hair under her arms I was like oh my god she's so cool and you know she knew I did stand-up so and I would do very self-deprecating jokes about my fatness you know just kind of make apologies for myself and oh I know I'm fat I eat yeah. too much and uh, so Andrea was like, right, okay, we can't have you do that. <laughs> That's not okay. It's, you're spreading a very negative thing. So she just taught me. She's like, this is what capitalism is. This is what feminism is. And, you know, the, the big picture is basically they're teaching us to hate our bodies so that they can make money off of us. And when you think back to how much money most people have spent on trying to lose weight, you're like, wow, I've single-handedly funded yeah. <laughs> entire companies trying to lose weight. When you look into it, 98% of diets don't work. They always mm-hmm. end up making you yeah. fatter. Uh, and that's that's a good business for them because then you blame yourself. You go, you know, yeah. you and can you buy totally, another diet. Exa- and you yeah. often go back to the same one because it works in the beginning. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, I lost so much weight. But then I failed, so I better go back to the thing that worked. That's how they make money. And it just clicked in my head when she said that. I was like wait a minute, so are you saying I could like my body? She was like, yes. And I was like, whoa. She almost gave you permission, really, Sophia. She just opened a whole, like a a doorway into this world where Mm. everything that I'd been told was not possible was possible. You know, it's like you can choose to be happy with this. Isn't it interesting? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, do you feel liberated now? Do you feel like, and especially like writing this book, do you feel like you've addressed all those things that were making you, you know, not like yourself, not live your life to the full? I think so. Yeah, I think I do feel, well, I feel 
I feel liberated from the voice in my head that used to tell me all these things. I had to be thin to be happy, that I wasn't good enough, all of these things. And now the, the feeling of being chained up is now more about how I can yeah. see it happen all the yeah, time. I yeah. can see that it's still, it's holding me back, but it's, you know, society holding me back and not my own inner self-hatred. So it's, it's you know, it's like escaping from yeah. one prison into another, another where you're yeah. like, hold on, can I please be let out of this? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. I remember a few years ago we were on a panel and it was about body confidence. And Emma asked a question, like, do you feel body confident? And I thought it's really difficult because I feel confident in my body. I'm like confident that it will get me up in the morning and it will take me to the bus stop and all these things. But I can walk into a situation where the rest of the world does not feel that way. And so for no fault of its own, my body is suddenly not good enough because everyone else has decided it's not. And it's that funny thing. You notice, you go, well, I've shifted it. Oh, but you haven't. So how do you have that conversation with other people when they still have all their expectations? How do you start to kind of edge them towards a more open-minded stance? I mean, I'll be honest with you, that's the, be the best thing about having a book is that now I can just hold it up in front of my face <laughs> and be like, please don't speak to me. <laughs> just read this. I'm not... I'm tired... It's always being framed as a debate, isn't it? Yeah. Like something that people can have an yeah. opinion on. And I think that's the main problem with how a lot of the discourses at the moment is that it's a, you know, oh, we, I guess we just have different opinions, but we don't. Like everything that I've written about, everything I know about fatness is based on facts and science, you yeah. know. It's not my opinion that fat is good or yeah. it's not my opinion that it's not bad to be fat that's fact yeah. it's just not it's just it's okay it really is and that's I had a journalist say to me you always talk as if you're right I was like yeah I am very much I'm right that's, yes I am it's based on logic and facts and science uh so I'm kind of tired of being you know asked to and it happens so much that's why I love stuff like this where you know we're kind of above all of that sort of yeah. stuff but I'm so often asked to debate someone who disagrees with me and I'm like but yeah that's someone who disagrees with me just haven't they just haven't understood it yet yeah and then I can't be the one educating them they have to you know I wrote it in the book read the book google it and then we can come back and have a conversation once yeah. we've all understood w that this is based on truth basically and what it, sorry I've done it again you go I was gonna say I think I think even I love the word fat you've used the word fat I'm also a fat woman I do love my body I'm extremely confident in, in just about every aspect of my life apart from the cooking which is a bit <laughs> ropey um, but I think even using the word fat people shy away from it people will go up to people and say oh, you're skinny aren't you thin aren't you skinny they'll even poke your ribs yeah. they'll never come up to me and go god you're looking fat aren't you fat aren't you chubby but actually we need to have those conversations because you know what we're here this is it yeah, and have you ever tried saying to someone that you're fat and just seen their faces yes. drain from yeah. blood, just being like, yeah. uh, um, mm. um, no, no, you're, 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 you're beautiful. You have a, such <laughs> a pretty face. You have a lovely person. Yeah, you have a lovely personality. <laughs> Please do. help me, help me. <laughs> what, what do you think about the uh, the magazine? So was it Cosmopolitan who yeah. featured, who was the... Tess Holliday. Tess Holliday on the front mm. cover. Oh, yeah. What do you think about it? Do you feel like we are moving towards that more liberated world? Is that... And magazines doing that supporting the cause or not supporting the cause it's such a tricky one isn't it because it's it's things can be so good and so bad at the same time you know it's 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 the whole thing about like body positivity is good in that it makes us feel better about well it's meant to make us feel better about ourselves and that is inherently a positive thing 
But the fact that that is the focus is a huge problem because mm. it shouldn't be about us. It should be about them who yeah. does this to us. And it's sort of the same with the Tess Holiday situation. It's amazing to have a fat woman on the front cover of a fashion magazine or women's magazine. That's amazing. It's good that we need to see those bodies. And, you know, my life is filled with fatness. I have my Instagram feed is full of fat women and I love it. You know, I have it, all my artwork <laughs> at home is just fatness. So it's good. I know representation really, truly matters. But then again, you know, Tess Holiday has a lot of beauty privilege. You know, she's very, you know, her she's face very is beautiful. Yeah. She's very beautiful. She's white, which is like this yeah. almost exclusively just white people yeah. all over body positivity. And so, you know, there are issues within that. And also it, we shouldn't have, it doesn't matter how we look. That should be the main thing. Why are we, <laughs> why do we yeah. When did it come in? We yeah. agree. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. We loved you. Thank Sophie's you. book, Happy Fat, is out now. Go buy it. We love it. Thank you so much. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Now, if you are maybe isolating with somebody else or by yourself and feeling a bit lonely, the next woman is my absolute go-to when I have any relationship queries. She is a genius. Natalie Liu takes us through how we can all look after ourselves and others better. Yes, we are going to talk about sex and specifically when you should not be having it, uh, which is outside of the monogamous agreement you've clearly made. Um, So this comes from a piece written by relationships expert Tammy Nelson this week when she says, actually, we should all be creating monogamy agreements. We shouldn't just assume because we're in a relationship with somebody that it is monogamous, nor should we assume that what they mean by monogamy Mm -hmm. is what we mean by monogamy. Uh, ladies, when you are going out with somebody and you get to that point where sort of, I think it's a weirdly British thing where you're going out for a bit and then suddenly you introduce them to your friends or they introduce you to their friends and one or other of you says, this is my boyfriend slash girlfriend. And you go, oh, we are now boyfriend and girlfriend. And suddenly all this stuff comes with it, including that you're not going to sleep with other people. Mm. Have you ever then sat down and had a conversation about what do we mean by being in a monogamous relationship? Do you want to go first? Yeah, you can. Nah. So, so for me, it's been slightly different as I've got older. Uh, it hasn't been, ooh, that moment when you say we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. The conversation around, are we sleeping with other people, happens a lot sooner. Because yeah. it's at the forefront of my mind as um, a question. And so that question comes in quite quickly, especially at the point where I then start having sex with someone. Um I have an interesting relationship with monogamy. I'm not convinced there is one person that you find or I will find for the rest of my life that I want to be with forever and ever and ever. I think 10 years is a good innings. Very good stretch, yeah. Yeah. So I also think that I would want to be really, really angry if my partner had sex with someone else because it's a violation of our relationship and it's disrespectful. But I know there's a part of me that would understand the context. If I was in an environment and I was just energetically drawn to someone and we had a moment, I, I, I get it. And so I, my, what I'm told, how I'm, my brain tells me there's a way I should behave. And actually my heart tells me that I do just think we have one life. And if I was in a room with a really hot guy <laughs> and, I, and I was in a relationship with another hot guy, 
and I want to do something with that hot guy, I don't know if I wouldn't not mm. do that thing. Could be just deemed as a bit greedy. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> but and, and so these are the things I think about. And, and these are the conversations you had a that conversation I have. Yes, I have. With somebody where you said, actually, I just want you to know that this is a possibility that could happen. I have actively you, discussed, yes, open relationships and how they feel about open relationships and how I feel about open relationships. Some guys just completely don't get it at all. Yeah. Some guys, oh, go th- say, oh, that's great because I can still have a relationship with someone else. And then they, but then they forget it means the same thing for me. And then they go oh no I don't don't like that um and some guys get it that on the journey of a long relationship actually it's a conversation that you want to have and you should be checking in more regularly and that's why I'm excited I'm dating someone now and we have an open conversation around we should just check in regularly that we look at each other and want to be with each other and at the point where either of us doesn't or there's someone else I'd rather we were honest and have that conversation uh a robot no I know we're going to come on to that. I'm not here for the robots, but I, I could understand. But the, the thing is, I think with monogamy is, is uh, there's a there's a lot of drivers that cause people to be non-monogamous, and some of them are smart, intelligent conversations where you're like, actually, it's a moment, uh, you know, and that. But then there's some people who are doing that because of their own. Yeah. I don't know. They want that validation, or they're not feeling desired by their partner. Or, yeah, yeah. So it's driven by not from a place of I'm going to make this decision because this is a moment of chemistry and but it it's driven by other things that then means that they end up regretting that that then jeopardize their relationship I don't know how you can agree to this I think you can I think you can want to be monogamous I think you can be ambitious about being monogamous but I think that that there's so much research out there now that we are not um, we are not no animal there's like one animal or one thing on this planet that is actually monogamous and everything else isn't don't they die after they have sex is that dolphins don't know we'll ask we've got a relationships expert relationships expert joining us relationship expert and host of the baggage reclaim podcast natalie lou is on the phone hi natalie hi harriet how are you (laughs) good thank you so let's start with what I'm going to say is a simple question is not a simple question. What do we mean about by the word monogamy? Well, typically, when we think of a monogamous relationship, it means that you are in a relationship together. Uh, ideally, it's a mutually fulfilling relationship, and you are faithful to each other. So you're only with each other. And so anything else outside of that, i.e., if you're sleeping with other people, you know, uh, particularly if it's on the quiet, it means you're continuing to date while you're actually still in a relationship. And so that is non-monogamous. It's quite interesting listening to uh, what you guys are saying because I actually, when you talked about that, the quintessential English experience of you go to meet each other's friends and you go, oh, uh, how should I introduce you? That's exactly what happened with me and my now husband. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it was on our second or third official uh, date and we were going to a party and he was like, uh, I think I'm going to introduce you as my girlfriend. And boom, that's, you know, <laughs> where it started from. Um, it, it's, it's quite fascinating because at the start of this, you were saying about how attitudes towards monogamy have changed and how monogamy, how it used to be, isn't quite the same as what it is now. Mm. I think that people's attitudes towards monogamy have very much to do with their values and uh, how they were brought up and messages that they've picked up along the way about uh, commitment, about uh, you know 
being faithful about what monogamy means. And what I found fascinating was this idea that, okay, everybody should have an agreement. But I think we all kind of really do know what monogamous means. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't do we, though? Because one of the things that I find yeah. really interesting is... Um, you know, Nat and I have had this discussion before. So, like for me, if my other half has a really good female friend and he goes over to their over to that female friend's house for dinner, I am very chilled about that. I That's fine. Nat, yeah. absolutely Mm-mm. not. No. No. no, no, no. And so, intrinsically, we already have different ideas about what monogamy is, and yet. Do we need to have that kind of level of in-depth discussion up front? For clarity, you can go out for dinner with a female friend. You cannot go to her See, house very where specific. she cooks for you and you eat her food yeah, that's, in I that space. That's, that's no. a little strange, I think. I mean, I, I, it's in, I think the whole... One of the things I say to people is that cause I hear from a hell of a lot of people who believe that they are in a relationship. And I said... Did you actually have a conversation about this? Is this something that is out in the open between the two of you? Mm. Did you mutually agree that you're in a relationship? And 99% of the time, these people who are now coming to talk to me about their issues, they just assumed that they were in a relationship. And then the next thing is that when issues come up further down the line about, for instance, monogamy, is that they assume, like you guys mentioned, that one person's idea of what constituted a relationship or what was acceptable was the same as the others, which actually an open and ongoing dialogue does need to happen. So at the point where two people agree to be in a relationship, I always say it's a good idea to make sure you're actually on the same page about what a relationship means. Because I hear from the people who go, oh, yeah, yeah, they they said that we're in a relationship. And then a month or so, well, actually, it turns out that, um, yeah, you know, he's actually still sleeping uh, with other people. And I said, well, obviously you need to have a conversation about what each of your ideas are about a relationship. Because if you're not on the same page, you're not in the same relationship. Well, I'm going to ask, uh, well, we're going to discuss what page sex robots are on in a minute <laughs> after this break. <laughs> this is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. You can get in touch on all the socials on at Badass Women's Hour. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are talking monogamy and when or when not something is monogamous. We've got Natalie Lou, relationships expert on the phone. Now, you've got a question. I do. So, I think this is... Yeah, I, I do think people need to have conversations and almost have some kind of monogamy agreement because things really have changed. And reading through some of these case studies in a couple of maybe a month ago, we had um, the CMO of Ashley Madison on the phone mm-hmm. and he made a very compelling case for why married people might want to have an affair uh, with another married person where actually it's just about that one-off interaction and not leaving the other half. And I think people should have a conversation about what is the line of when someone goes too far. So uh, the case studies we've got here, we've got Mort's wife, Anne felt deceived when she discovered that Mort and his his buddies went to a strip club on their golfing trip. Because he didn't get a, a lap dance, he didn't feel like he needed to tell Anne and obviously Anne was really upset. Where is that on the line in terms of conversation? But also... Um, flirtatious emails with a stranger on the internet, sexting, uh, feeling attracted sexually to another person, looking at another person when you're with your other half, or even if you're not with your other half, but staring at someone you you find attractive, watching pornography alone. There's a spectrum. What it what each person finds um, disrespectful really is it's blurry and I, I i think if you start a relationship without having these conversations it's very easy to get hurt very quickly natalie, natalie. yeah oh, sorry. no no sorry i was saying to you over to you natalie i'm like so how where where's do we go line? from here where's the line well i mean those things that you listed off there there's some big variances uh in there so for instance uh, messaging flirtatiously with somebody online. Many people, not all, would perceive that as emotional cheating. Some people say that that, that actually feels worse for them mm. than it would if, say, their partner went out and had sex with somebody once. Now, of course, somebody else would turn around and go, no, 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 I prefer if they were messaging somebody than they actually went and had sex. But it just goes to show that there are such variances. The, the pornography issue, which is not everybody... Obviously, there are a lot of people out there that do watch pornography, but obviously sometimes people don't want their partner to be to be watching that. And what happens is, yes, you could start the relationship off by going, well, I don't like this and I don't like this and I don't want you to do this and I don't want you to do that. And that may have its uses to a certain degree, but it depends on what stage of the relationship that you're at. And it can sound like you're sort of, listen off everything that you don't like or things that you're afraid of being hurt about um, and trying to, I don't know, force a person to disclose anything, I don't know, what's the word, unsavory about them up front. Whereas if you're having a sort of an ongoing dialogue and, uh, and you, you encourage the person to be open and you're, you're trying to build up, you know, this sort of love, care, trust and respect between the two of you, so this intimacy, you are going to be having conversations and going, oh, actually, I'm surprised that you're doing that, but okay. Or actually, no, I don't particularly like that. I think that there are some obvious things. So 
Now, some of the examples that you gave there, um, so uh, did you say one about um, flirting uh, in public with somebody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether you're with your partner or not, uh, I hear from a lot of people who they've been out with their partner and their partner is rubbernecking somebody else. It's really disrespectful to to do that. It's like, what, you couldn't wait till at least I got up and went, <laughs> went to the bathroom <laughs> or something. But it's like, hold on a second, you're out with me and you're eyeballing other people here. There's a, there's a, there's a disrespect, I think, that's going on there. Mm. Um, Emma. But, but also, so if you're with your partner and you can see the interactions and you can obviously have a conversation and go, you know, I find that disrespectful when you do that. But there's a lot of stuff here that you could deem as cheating. The reality yeah. is you don't know. You are not in your partner's head. You don't know how they're interacting with another human being. You don't even know if they've cheated on you on a Saturday night. So making the agreement is kind of ridiculous because you would never know. Exactly. I disagree. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. All you can do is go, right, I don't know what they're up to. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if I catch them doing cheating on me or I find out they've slept with someone else, then it's over or whatever I want it to be. No, so I'm saying have the conversation up front. So so it goes back to the conversation I was saying about having an open relationship. I share what I deem to be the sort of relationship that I want to have. And that includes the sort of sex that I want to have, how I want to feel what my insecurities are um and it's a it's a it's a two-way conversation and so and you think you. <laughs> you think it's a two-way conversation but you have absolutely no, no idea but i'm asking them as well and so then there's the kind of this is what's acceptable and this is what isn't acceptable and this these this these are the gray areas so if this was to happen i would need to work out how i feel based on yeah. the scenario because i just don't know in that moment um and then so it's, i it's have on a the scenario table. for yeah. you okay uh, your partner masturbating, does that count as cheating? No. No. Right. So your partner having sex with a sex robot. Oh, God. Does that oh, count gosh. as because cheating? Because you're weird. It's, it doesn't count as cheating. It basically says to me that you're weird because you'd rather have sex with a robot than have yeah. sex with me. Or, I, I don't know, I'm like, Hang on. You're just saying you wouldn't necessarily mind if your partner had sex with someone else. So why does it matter if it was a robot? <laughs> because it's weird. How could you get off to a robot? I just don't get it. It's like That's so sterile. Yeah. the issues coming up there. I actually watched the episode of 30 Rock. I'm, I'm re-watching that now at the moment. And it was an episode with James Franco where he's basically in a relationship with a Japanese uh, manga pillow, I think it is. And he's taking the pillow. Yeah. He does, and basically, he's, 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 uh, his agent arranges for him to have one of these show relationships because he doesn't want to draw attention to the fact that he's in this relationship with a pillow. And, oh and apparently this is a thing. I actually thought it was, they were joking about it, but there are actually people who have these pillows and it's got like, you know, these manga uh, figures. Yeah, because you know, it's manga it. porn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and they take the pillow out with them. And so the idea was to have this show Weird. relationship. Wow. But, Weird. <laughs> but the, 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 I get the whole, I say to people that it's so important to to actually have an open and ongoing dialogue, not just about monogamy, but actually where the real intimacy of showing each other who you are mm-hmm. so that you can build your relationships on that foundation. And I get the whole being honest and upfront about actually this is the type of relationship that I want to be in because unless you you mutually agree that you're in that relationship over time, you're going off in different directions. And the thing is, you need to get a sense of whether you share the same core values. Now, if 
for instance, and I hear again this all the time, people say, actually, my values are that it's really important for me to be in a relationship with somebody who just wants to be with me. That's fine. But why are you in a relationship with somebody who wants to sleep around with everybody else? You have two entirely different sets mm-hmm. of, of values in that area. And so I remember last year I went to a talk where there was a discussion about uh, polyamory and uh, swinging and all the rest. And I said, what people have to do is they have to know themselves. So, and, and that's what I'm hearing here is that you guys actually know yourselves. And so people who know themselves can be pretty honest and upfront about what it is that they want and where they're headed. But what happens is people say to themselves, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with being in an open relationship. I'm totally cool with swinging. And they say it because they're afraid that if they say that they're not, that they're going to miss out on being with this person, that they're going to endanger the possibility. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to sit there gnawing your fingernails apart and shredding yourselves with anxiety night after night because you're wondering who your partner's with, where they're, who they're sleeping with, you're competing with somebody else, mm-hmm. that's messed up. And also... <laughs> Natalie, I love you. I'm going to have to stop you there. But if you want more of Natalie's wisdom, do check out our podcast or our website, Baggage Reclaim. She is brilliant and I just everything I know good about relationships basically I learned from Natalie Lou she's amazing you've been listening to Badass Women's Hour if you like the show then help more people find us you can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating five stars please it helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us we'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.